You're listening to the Big Reviewski on Joe with Chicago Town. Pizza? Yeah, we go to town on it. Hello and welcome to the Big Reviewski with Chicago Town Pizza. My name's Owen and there's Rory and Rory... I'm always on the hunt for brand new TV series, and please, please, please tell me you've got a brand new TV series for me today. Uh, I do, I do. If people yes. have been watching uh, the main show of The Big Review Ski, then they know that we talked about this trailer, jeez, uh, a couple of months ago now, it feels like. Mm-hmm. Um, it is Dope Sick, which is arriving on Star on Disney+. Plus. I think the first two or three episodes will arrive on the 12th of November, and then the rest will arrive weekly after that. Um, It's created by Danny Strong, who previously uh, had a huge hit with Empire. Uh, It's got an incredible cast, Michael Keaton, Rosario Dawson, Peter Sarsgaard, uh, Michael Stuhlberg. Very, very impressive cast list, but the one we were lucky enough to talk to was Caitlin Deaver, who starred in, I think, our combined, maybe, Mm -hmm. favourite movie Mm -hmm. of 2019. Which yep. was Booksmart, um, which uh, which she started with uh, Beanie Fieldman, and uh, she's just, so just one of those like absolute up and comers that you get very excited about whenever you see her name added to a cast list because you know it's it's going to be good and she's going to be very good in it, and she is fantastic in this. So yeah, up first you're going to hear from Caitlin Deaver talking about her role in Dobsick, what it's like to act across from Michael Keaton, and in her next project after this. She has arguably the world's most famous people playing her parents and how she feels about that. <laughs> that sounds amazing. And just very quickly, because Dope's like, um, what it, this is kind of if people are looking for like a hard hitting, uh, based on a true story uh, drama. Yeah, so it's, it's to do with the opiate crisis in America and how a company that uh, arguably or as the show will will tell you, uh, not so arguably, try to do a good thing by creating a, a very powerful painkiller, uh, created a crisis in America where people were literally doing whatever they could to get their hands on this particular painkiller. So you, you're seeing it from every possible vantage point, from the people who became addicted to it, to the doctors who gave it out, to the people who created it, to government agents and uh, police officers and FBI agents who were investigating it, um, spread over a number of years. It's a it's a proper like epic mini series. So yeah, it's not as I mentioned later to Danny. It's it's it does sound like it might be misery porn and a bit of a slog, but it is actually manages to walk the line of being both hard hitting and entertaining. Excellent stuff. Hard hitting and entertaining. That's what I think about you, Rory. <laughs> This is Roy's chat with Caitlin Daver. Caitlin, how are you doing today? Hi, I'm doing really good. How are you doing? I'm doing really good too. Thank you so much for taking the time to talk to me today. Thank you. Um, first off, I've seen the first three episodes and by the end of them, my primary thought was, oh my God, she must be absolutely exhausted in every way that an actress or an actor can be exhausted because emotionally, psychologically, even physically, every scene towards, you know, the second or third episode, you're in real pain. Uh, the character's in real pain. At the, end of the, uh, at the end of those days, you're just like, I am 
I'm done. I'm ready for bed. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It was, um, it, it probably was one of the most, uh, uh, physically and emotionally taxing roles that I've ever had to do, um, or gotten to do rather. I, um, and it was, it was, yeah, there were some days that were harder than others. Uh, some days where I did just like face plant into a pillow at the end of the day. Um, but I, I, I feel like as much as I, I, I gave so much of myself to this character and I, I, almost just completely forgot about how I was feeling sometimes and um, really wanted to give everything I had to her um, because I felt like she does she deserved she deserves that and um, but I I do want to say that what you know what hard days I was having and and challenges I faced during this project is nothing in comparison to what someone actually going through um, addiction is it has has to go through and it it's uh i was very aware of that but um i will say yes it was one of it was one of the hardest things i've i've done as an actor and uh it all feels very very worth it obviously because we were you know coming together to make something that that was going to be um very eye-opening for people yeah, like I think just from even the episodes I've seen, like it does, there is a sense of like magnetism with that character where even at she's at when she's at her like pain, I guess at her peak, you're you're so on her side throughout the whole thing. It's so understandable. Yeah. Uh, so I want to congratulate you on that. Um, first Thank off, you. Um, secondly, um, Michael Keaton. Most of your scenes <laughs> <Secondly>, are. <laughs> most of your scenes in this that we've seen so far are. Uh, with him and obviously you've had a, even already a tremendous career and had some amazing co-stars but there must be a certain sense of safety you're like I'm doing my scene with Batman so I think I think I'm good in your <laughs> shoes I'd be like hello Michael can you tell me all the stories of your entire life is that like <laughs> difficult for you not to just be like tell me everything about Hollywood <laughs> oh I know well he it's a perfect that's a perfect way to describe him he does feel like a security blanket he is so um I mean he's so kind and supportive and just ha- has a certain energy on set as soon as he walks into the room I couldn't I I truly am such a big fan of his um and he is on my bucket list of actors to work with. So there was that. And I was um, very nervous to meet him, but I couldn't, I I couldn't really talk to him about, I couldn't ask him about his, I got too nervous. I couldn't ask him about his past work. I couldn't ask him to do the Beetlejuice voice. Although I did witness that one one time on set, he did it for somebody. Um, Yes, I did. I did see that. Um, but just working with him and doing a scene with him is just so fun and so cool. Honestly, I can't think of better words. It is just so cool to be able to do scene work with him and, and connect with him. And, uh, especially because, you know, these two characters have such a special bond and, uh, you know, for, for Betsy, Dr. Phoenix is someone that, that has always seen her for who she is and has always accepted her, um, has known her her whole life. And they have a really, she, she really confides in him. And, uh, 
and and he really you know he's the one that's sort of the driving force for her to um get out of town and go live her life and uh not worry so much and um it's it was just amazing getting to do scenes with him i i really 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 admire him so much uh we're i think we're about to run out of time but i just do want to say that um <clears throat> Booksmart is one of my favorite movies, literally of all time. I absolutely <laughs> love that movie so so much. Me too. <laughs> um, it's it's a film where I'm like, I both we don't need a sequel, but also I want a sequel right now. Please, thank you very much. Um, <laughs> but <laughs> uh, like every every project you're a part of, like when I when I seen you in uh, Beautiful Boy with um, Timothee Chalamet, it was like everyone in this. It like it's it's so great to see young talent um finally getting you know the spotlight they deserve and it, it's great to see you in this it's great to see you and everything else that you're coming uh part of but did i read correctly that in one of your next movies your parents are george clooney and julia roberts <laughs> yes you did read that correctly <laughs> um i'm still processing that news and i leave next week so <laughs> i'm gonna have to calm down or something before i meet them i just can't i really can't believe it i cannot i yeah yeah that's true i can't believe it but it is true it's yes that is happening <laughs> that's that's i mean your parents are george clooney and julia roberts in a movie like that that's that's dream casting it just doesn't get any better than that <laughs> I know, I know. It's just, you know, one of them is crazy, but then two of them at once is a lot. That's that's iconic levels of crazy. <laughs> and we're on board. We're on board for it. Uh, we're on board. We're on board. I'm certainly on board. <laughs> Fantastic. Yeah, Caitlin, thank you so much for taking the time to talk to me today. Oh, thank you. Have a good day. Have a good day. Can you imagine having George Clooney and Julia Roberts as your beautiful, beautiful parents. Is this some kind of weird ocean spinoff? Uh, no, I don't think so. I think uh, the plot is something like she, she heads off to Bali or somewhere and her parents chase after her to make sure that she doesn't make similar love mistakes that they made when they were her age but then maybe <laughs> sorry when... I, I love that you go love mistakes don't be at those love mistakes now all right listen, just be very careful listen, don't <laughs> listen. the voice of experience if you think love mistakes isn't maybe the greatest unwritten kylie minogue song ever <laughs> <laughs> but yeah so they head off and try to stop her but maybe along the way they discover their own love <gasps> mistakes were not love mistakes at all <laughs> they were love <laughs> misunderstandings but um yeah so that's caitlin very exciting actress uh, and next is danny strong who is the creator and writer and uh, director of some of the episodes of this most of the episodes especially the early ones that kind of set the tone are directed by barry levinson who is the guy behind like good morning uh, vietnam and rain man and some incredible movies back in the day um so he he sets this kind of as you'll hear danny describe uh, a tone that is similar to arguably Michael Mann's best movie, depending on who you ask, which I know was mm -hmm. high praise, but Miami uh, Vice. No, uh, mm -hmm. but you know, Danny, uh, he made that comparison himself. So who am I to argue? I definitely got like Sicario and Spotlight vibes for me. Um, but yeah, so he talks a lot about again the safety of having Batman in your cast is a good thing. <laughs> Uh, and also just like the directorial inspirations behind Dope Sick. 
Amazing. So while everybody sits back and enjoys Rory's chat with Danny Strong, Rory, we need to get working on our lyrics for Love Mistakes, okay? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Hey, Rory, nice to meet you. Where in Ireland are you? Uh, we're in Dublin. Have you ever been? I love Dublin. Oh, well, there you go. Great city. How are you doing today? I'm doing great. Thanks for asking. Fantastic. Um, first of all, congratulations on the show. From the first three episodes, uh, I'm immediately impressed by the fine line that uh, the show has managed to kind of walk the kind of balance on. And it's obviously a very heavy subject, but it is still an entertaining show to watch. It's, it doesn't feel like a, a, a complete drag. And, you it, you know, a show like this could feel that way. Um, was that a difficult balance, I, I guess, to strike when you were coming up with it and writing the scripts and stuff? I don't, I don't, I wouldn't say it was a difficult balance. I would say that it was in, in many ways my job. That if I, that if I didn't keep the show working as a dynamic piece of storytelling that people were going to want to watch, um, it would, it would not have gotten made. And if it got made, it would not have succeeded. Um, so I go into it knowing that that's what I have to do. Um, and it's part of the DNA of the very conception of the piece. That's why there's uh, it's framed around uh, the U.S. Attorney's case. Why why we're why we're following a DEA agent because those are active investigations. Uh, there's something kind of exciting about following people uncovering facts of criminal behavior, especially when it's criminals like Purdue Pharma, some of the great criminals in modern U.S. history. Um, so so that's that's part of. Part of the challenge, but part of the goal is to not weigh the show down, um, but also not uh, diminish uh, the true tragedy of what's occurring as well. Yeah, like you, you, as you mentioned there, like the, there is something very exciting about like the investigatory aspect of this. Um, and as I was watching it, the, the vibes I was getting was equal parts, almost Sicario, but also Spotlight, the, uh, that fantastic mm. Tom McCarthy movie. That's interesting. Um, were there any like particular, I guess, tonal or cinematic or television touchstones for you that you're like, this is kind of what we're aiming towards? Yeah, you're the first person to mention Sicario. I've never heard that before, but I love Sicario. That's a great movie. I actually love the sequel too. And Spotlight was my favorite movie of that year. I love Spotlight. Um, the uh, uh, the main one that Barry Levinson and I talked about a lot was The Insider. Oh, yeah. um, there seemed to be a lot... Um, what we were up to was not so dissimilar to the insider and we love the insider. Uh, so tonally that was a touch point. Uh, traffic for me was my earliest concept. I thought, Oh, I'm going to do traffic of the opioid crisis with intertwining stories to kind of try to tell a bigger totality of the event. And then uh, one thing that, that Barry and I talked a lot about with the, the wonderful cinematographer, check over essay um, was uh, the deer hunter as well, that we wanted the coal town to have the authentic authenticity of the deer hunter. Um, but the the insider probably was one of the biggest touch points for our visual style. Um, Checo, uh, you know, talked about the lighting scheme in the insider and Dante Spinetta is the cinematographer, one of the greats uh, shot the insider. So we definitely got some inspiration from Michael Mann and, and Dante. Yeah, like it's now that you've mentioned them, I'm like, oh yeah, of course. That's like it's there's some like if you're gonna borrow from anything, you may as well borrow from some of the best of all time. So totally yeah. on board for that. Yeah, uh, it's interesting that like the character uh, Michael Stuhlberg's character in this is 
it's so easy to go, well, he's the bad guy and his company's the bad guy. But it does seem like there is, and again, I've, I've just seen the first two episodes, but there is almost like his reasoning is is reasonable. It's like he does want a good thing at the end of all the money that he's making. He does, in his mind, seem to think, well, I just want people to not feel pain anymore. Like, but we know externally, like in the real world, <clears throat> some tar- some terrible things have happened because of this. Is it's it, again? I know it's part of your job, but like, how difficult is it to strike that balance of he's the bad guy, but we don't want just this boo his kind of one dimensional bad guy. Well, in in that case, it was one of the hardest things to do in this show, partly because he's so vilified publicly. But then the people that I that I interviewed that knew him personally, they hated him even more. Um, I guess he's a very off-putting to person to be around. You've seen uh, I was able to read emails that his son had written to his mother that had come out in Discovery. Uh, makes it sound like I like went into their email system. But <laughs> these emails had come out in Discovery in which he talked about his father in really kind of cold, brutal terms. So it seemed like this is a clearly a very difficult person to be around. Um, and so the question was, well, what makes him tick? What's really motivating him? He talks a lot about curing pain in these early episodes. Um, uh, you know, does he believe it? Uh, is he deluding himself? Does, uh, you know, I think those are some questions I'm hoping the audience is, is asking themselves, is, is this for real? Um, or, uh, you know, wh- what's really going on with him? And I think over the course of the season, uh, we'll answer those questions. And like obviously he he delivers a great performance because it's it is kind of as you meant as you mentioned earlier you are kind of like well is he is he but uh, when you've got someone like Michael Keaton kind of at the center of it like he, obviously it's a, it's an expansive piece but when you've got someone of his caliber it must just take a load off to, to know that like we, we've got Michael Keaton to deliver this emotional kind of core of the story and even from the episode so far you. You can almost see the arc immediately, and he is such a brilliant actor. But and obviously, you've worked with so many like talented people through years. But was that a load off for you when you're like, we've got Batman in our show, so I think we're good. You have no idea. I mean, literally, you summed it up so perfectly. But then it, it actually, I can even take it a step further, which is we had to block shoot all of Michael Keaton's work over a six week period. So we shot for two weeks. Then we shot for six weeks of all of Michael Keaton's scenes, and they were incredible. So I knew that I had gold with Michael Keaton going into the rest of the shoot, which was 75% of the shoot. So it wasn't even just knowing that I had him that we were going to be okay. It was that we shot it, and it was wonderful. Um, And that really was helpful um, through the course of the season, especially when I, you know, would be shooting scenes that were, you know, the kind of the investigation that had a procedural bent to it, uh, that were great scenes and really well acted. But knowing that I had these really emotional scenes to counterbalance them was something that brought a great deal of relief through the course of the rest of the shoot. Fantastic. Danny, I could talk to you all day about this show and I'm very excited to see the oh, rest of it. Thank you. Spread the word, please. That's my job. That's I love my it. Job. I love it. <laughs> Have a good day. You too. Love mistakes. Love mistakes. Love, love. love mistakes. 
It's a, it's a, it's a flipping winner. <laughs> We're going to be millionaires. So Rory sat there with Danny Strong, creator, writer, director, of everything. Love mistakes. Oh, of love, love, of, love <laughs> of dope sick. Um, good stuff. So when can people sit down to watch that on Star and Disney Plus? Uh, from the twelfth of November, and also uh, just to just to really hammer home and really kill this joke. Dope <laughs> and sick are two words people will use to describe our new song, Love Mistakes. I think. Love mistakes, Dope. love mistakes, Sick. love mistakes. <laughs> Fuck, this actually really works. So, like, I know we were joking, but I think we're on to something. Uh, Roy, thank you as ever. Thank you to Sound Paul on Sound. Sound, do you all, <laughs> Sound, I call him, I call him Sound instead of Paul. Sound Paul, um, if you can record music tracks, please let us know that as well. That'd be wonderful. And a big thank you to Chicago Town Pizza. If you want us to throw in a verse about pizza, let us know. Get in on this action. Mm. Thank you to everybody for listening to the show. And don't forget to check out our weekly show. Show, although we'll probably only do it for a couple more weeks because, as I said, we're going to be hitting the big time now with Love Mistakes. Love Mistakes. Love Mistakes. You're listening to The Big Reviewski on Joe with Chicago Town. Pizza? Yeah, we go to town on it. 